1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Welcome to It's Become a Whole Thing, a podcast that takes a highbrow look at the lowbrow trash we love. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and each week we'll tap into the cultural zeitgeist by looking at the best and worst moments of TV history, because here we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. Welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and hello, my little trolls. How are you on this fine morning, evening, whenever you're listening to it, Um, whether, you know driving to work, Uh, maybe you got away and you're on the beach, maybe you live on a beach, Uh, in which case, hey, maybe you want to invite, you know, your favorite podcaster over for a visit. Why not, you know, (laughs) why not widen your circle a little bit, you know, Uh, just a thought, just a bit of feedback. Uh, Speaking of feedback, I want to thank all those of you who have given me positive feedback on last week's episode so fantastic so 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 nice to hear um you guys know I was super nervous about changing up the format and it's been overwhelmingly positive um that's what i've heard in the comments and messages you guys have sent um I mean, maybe there's negative feedback, maybe in the reviews. I I don't tend to read the reviews very often because I'm way too sensitive, and every time I do, it hurts my feelings. Uh, even though most of you are pretty nice there, but there's always, you know, Karen's love hitting up reviews. <laughs> they love it, and well, I mean, you know what I have to say about that, which is it's very unfortunate if you leave uh, negative reviews because, well. If you were listening last week, you know, uh, there's a really terrible curse that afflicts you where for seven years, uh, you'll have the curse of coworkers wanting to give you feedback and doing it by emailing you and CCing your boss. You know, the ones I'm talking about where they're like, hey, I'm just bringing this to your attention. And you're like, wait, we were just talking earlier today. Like, why do you have to like send this to me in an email? You know, it's a terrible fate. <laughs> so I don't want that to happen to you. So if you have constructive feedback, I'm all here for it. You know, you can always send me a message. Um, but yeah, don't knock the hustle of this girl boss. And for those of you who do leave positive feedback, you know, it's just, it really helps me out. It helps to drive this thing forward. Uh, it helps more people to know that they're not alone in their trash panda journey, you know, or whatever garbage gremlin troll. I don't know, whatever, whatever we are. Um, we are mighty and we love to obsess over, you know, the same types of things. Um, I realized that when I threw out the idea of covering Pretty Wild, which is the topic of today, we're going to be getting into season one. I mean, the show was only one season, season one, episode six. But we also we have to dive into episode one. And thank you to the listener who brought up that we should do a where are they now segment we're going to do that each week now um this is just happens to be one of those topics that sam and i kind of have like committed to memory we we keep up a little too much but hey good fodder for the pod right (laughs) content is king and what are all those other things that those uh social media bros say on uh on social media (laughs) am i making am i making any sense i don't know. on the Patreon this week, we will be diving into blind items. So we're gonna we're gonna have a little adult conversation about them. I have a lot of things that I want to get off my chest about just the whole culture of blind items, um, particularly the kind of main website of them, Crazy Days and Nights, and the person who runs the website, anti-lawyer. It's gonna have to be a pretty nuanced conversation. So yeah, we're gonna have that up on Patreon, patreon.com slash it's become a whole thing five dollars a month you know what it is um that's about it because we have a pretty packed episode so i'm gonna get right into it i will just say either next week or the week after i'm going to be covering a shot at love with tila tequila with jenna from day card pod so it's a bright future ahead i'm very excited and that's about it so without further ado let's get into today's episode and we're back in the studio with Sammy P.
3: How Ooh, are you going? Hi,
2: Doolz. Okay, I'm good. How are you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh okay. <laughs> okay. Do All right. To- oh, God. Do we need a breather? And in three, two, one. <laughs> hi. Hi. Hello. Someone commented on uh, my most recent TikTok where they're like, you've been wild and lately on your TikTok. I'm like, that is the best way to describe it. That is the best way to describe my all or nothing (laughs) personality. i suddenly been woken up to making internet content. Now I'm going a thousand miles an hour posting shit posts, whatever comes to mind. Pretty much.
4: Yeah, I'm never like sure when I'm going to get another like, hey, it's me. Like, here's another story time about my messy dating life. I'm like, woo! let's let it all out, girl. Let's
2: let the world see. (laughs) Well, I don't usually do story times uh, because you know that, I mean... That was one literal clown that I dated, um, but I've dated <laughs> metaphorical clowns as well. Uh, but I ended up telling Lauren about it, like when I was when I was visiting her, and then she was like, "If you don't make this story time, I will. Like, you have to talk about this publicly." And I was like, Aww. "Oh, like I guess yeah, dating a clown isn't like an everyday kind of like oh we've all been there sort of thing." I mean, I didn't know that guy was a clown. I think as soon as I learned that about him, I then men in blacked myself like out of that information i like you know i like eternal sunshine just that one part of him and um, you were like i don't think i need to share this with anyone close to me in my life i think this can just
4: be a little secret between me and my brain like my brain can forget it set it and forget it
2: me my brain and the internet no i know because he did twice weekly clown classes on zoom so i would have to hide (sighs) not virtual clown classes (laughs) virtual clown classes because everyone was rooting for me in my personal life because I'd had such a difficult year and so much loss everyone's like oh my god this is your moment like it's all now it's all worth no (laughs) I got dumped by a clown sometimes you have to hit rock bottom and then just keep going um and then they develop a new drilling technology to just (laughs) drill further down and then you go up from there I can't stop thinking about like when the Zoom
4: cuts out and you're just in your living room alone. It's dead silent. You're in your full clown gear. (laughs) And when the virtual clown peers are no longer there, you just see yourself in the reflection
2: of the screen. Or you go to do clown stuff and they're like, sorry, you're on mute. (laughs) (laughs) One of of the, the funny parts of all this is that TikTok promotes videos locally so like wherever you are they're gonna more heavily promote the oh. promote the video in that place and so he might see it yeah yeah he might and his biggest dream was to become internet famous so not to say that I'm famous but I am on the internet
4: you could give him a little boost with your platform
2: or a little like <laughs> a little airing him out yeah Absolutely.
4: Not the kind of infamy he wants, which is actually a great segue to our topic. But first, I want to talk about the Vanderpump Rules clip that was released. Um, Incredible. Like when I saw the main title sequence, it's like swooping through like Schwartz and Sandys to Tom Tom to Pump to Sir. I loved it. I was already like my heart was fucking pounding. And then we get this extended scene clip of James Talking to Raquel and like
2: fucking powdering his face in the (laughs)
1: depression.
2: It was. I I don't want to say okay. I don't want to call us heroes, but I will say that we're saving lives because at least now probably five people from Patreon have said that because of us they started watching Vanderpump Rules, and as we've said, it's one of the many treatments for depression that you can use a a tool in your toolkit. So. I mean we're just we're out there pushing the yes. show. Yes. Catch up catch up girls.
4: There's time. The, the premiere is in 5 days. Yeah. That's plenty of time to binge watch uh 10 seasons of the show. <laughs> yeah. If you're dedicated, you could
2: do it. Your personal life can wait or if it's in my case, you don't need to worry about that. You, can, you got you got all the time in the world. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh. Um but no, I I was dying when he's just like yeah. The love of my
2: life. I'm with her now. Not you, Raquel. I've moved on. Ali. Oh, sorry. I mean, Raquel. Sorry. I called you Ali. <laughs> it was my mistake. I'm like, was it? Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. And he's like, I can tell you're drunk. She's like,
4: and I can tell you're drinking again. <laughs> and you're an alcoholic. <laughs> it was like a soap opera. Oh, it was so good. And to have it be in the doorway of a bathroom, you know, like those are the kind of liminal spaces where Vanderpump rules like lives breathes
2: thrives like it's always in some gnarly location in like a dirty restaurant liminal space is the perfect way to describe it like it thrives in the shadows yeah yeah in the cut (laughs) in the alleys murky (laughs) stained hallways yeah in the alleyways stairways like Like smoking areas (laughs) yeah hats off to the camera people who are just probably enveloped in cigarette smoke and having to chase them down wherever yeah. like dark path they've gone down oh wow so can't can't wait for that yeah yeah it's a bright future ahead it's a great week am trying to keep my expectations in check but you know
4: yeah as you should um but we we do have a huge topic today and I'm okay I'm psyched to get into it
2: um let's get right into it so the show that we're covering today is pretty wild and I had um, a listener suggestion, fantastic listener suggestion um, for every show to do Where Are They Now at the end. So we're incorporating that. Um, You can invoice me later, whoever you are, listener. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) it's funny because, you know, when they say like, what's a topic that you could do a TED talk about with no prep? This topic, like Pretty Wild, as well as Where Are They Now is something that like you and I could both do like a three hour episode about no prep like i wouldn't have even needed to re-watch it uh yeah totally like we have followed alexis haynes
4: now P- perhaps she'll go back to her maiden name i don't know now that she's getting divorced but like we have followed her content so closely over the years uh the rise and fall of her podcast she no longer does it but like for a while we were listening every week when she first launched it a few years back like and we were like as like fellow
2: woo girlies we were on the hook. We loved it. I know. And it's funny. It's one of those things where it's like before this podcast existed, it existed in our texts. Like, you know, we probably wrote a 10,000 word essay on, on this topic, like just texting about it. Um, because it was just like, we were hanging on her every word. Um, okay. Actually we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's, let's like yeah. situate ourselves in the whole world of pretty wild. So yes, absolutely.
4: So I binged it all yesterday to prepare us. I'm sure you did as well. Um, and I was like, OK, so the genre is like the movie 13, but real <laughs> like the reality show version of that movie. Like they look just the same. They're like valley girls, like so young, but grew up so fast, fall into drugs, fall into the fighting thin like- eyebrows, even like that specific style of that time. Yeah, like the really dark tight lined eyeliner and the like stick straight straightened hair and the jeans that like are like embellished and like a vest, like a big fuzzy vest, like weird, weird stuff we're seeing fashion wise. Like we're talking like winter hats in L.A. or like fur vests in Cabo. Like it makes no sense.
2: Yeah. I mean, can you imagine being a morally bankrupt producer of a reality show and you go to film this show about just some wild teens and then on day three one of them gets arrested in one of the most high profile cases of hollywood burglary like it's their wet dream so yeah sort of but it was pitched as a comedy with chelsea
4: handler as a producer and because it turned into such a dark drama chelsea was like i'm out and so it only got one season which is such a shame because they could have followed this train wreck all the way down although alexis says thank god they didn't because she might have died
2: I think also the show probably fell off because maybe they realized that they were all addicted to heroin, or at least Alexis and Tess were. Um, and, you know, there was like jail and... and Yeah,
4: it, it was... The network considered it too dark to pursue. But it's not like there's not other dark reality shows about addiction and f- people freaking out all the time and stuff like that. But they were like, that's not what we were trying to do on E! <laughs> that's true. That was the height of the show Intervention at that time yeah oh yeah and celebrity rehab and shit like that like they could have gone a different direction but they were like listen we want to stay in our lane we are here for like hollywood celebrity like funny like it was there like we've got kardashians we need like a few backup kardashians kind of thing
2: yeah he was like we don't want to kill these teens we just want yeah. to exploit them on their way down
4: <laughs> yeah totally so like we can kind of sense in the like first Scene of the first episode that like it's a toxic family dynamic. Like,
2: yeah. Well, before we get into the show, I want to say so it premiered March fourteenth, two thousand ten, and I just want to like historically situate us in time. So the top Billboard hits of that week, <laughs> this like really gives context to like what what was in the air at the time. So number one song at the time was "I'm a B" by Black Eyed Peas. Remember that, Bob? Uh, yeah. TikTok by Kesha. Bad Romance by Lady Gaga and Rude Boy by Rihanna. RIP to the times where we would get new music from Rihanna, but neither here nor there. So um, yeah, so the year was 2010. uh, We barely had a word for anxiety, let alone parentification and all the other things that are going on in the show. Um, But yeah, Yeah. so let's, so yeah, opening credits. Let's dive in.
4: Yeah, like in the first episode, we... See Andrea, she tells us that's the mom. She tells us about her
2: curriculum in her <laughs> before that even happens. I like the announcer and how he frames these girls. So they're ages 15, 18, and 19. And he goes, Tess is the model slash vixen. She always gets what she wants. Alexis fell in with the wrong crowd, and Gabby, she's just trying to hold them all together. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know. It's like
4: the truth was they were all kind of like all those things like gabby only admitted this year she was at one of the previous robberies of rachel bilson's house she's like yeah like me and Tess didn't get like caught for our like part in it all but we were all fucking robbing and like i was clubbing too like i wasn't like this like perfect little like kid they made me out to be on the show but
2: they need something to temper the, the yeah, other two They
4: they needed characters you know they yeah. tried to make them into their own little characters but um so andrea's passing out Adderall to all three girls in
2: the morning. We get the infamous girls, it's time for your Adderall. <laughs> I was so
4: obsessed with her being like, okay, well obviously I based my curriculum of homeschooling on the movie The Secret. <laughs> and
2: the movie The said, Secret,
4: not the book
2: The Secret.
4: <laughs> when she says like okay we're going to first do some collaging vision boarding and then we're going to do some flower essence work that took me the fuck out like cuz the two of us were very much into
2: flower essence work we were we were <laughs> deep in the world of flower essence work and law of attraction, like <laughs> and like I think we should tell people what
4: flower essences are, if they may not know <laughs>
2: a oh lot of people God. think it's the same as essential oils, and it's not, <laughs> is not even remotely okay. So, very, <laughs> very briefly. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, I used to do herbal medicine school. Um, so I actually <laughs> got into the whole like science of all this, but <sighs> let's think about Essential oils is like you're taking plant matter and there are natural oils from the plant, you're extracting them. Okay, but like flower essence work is like homeopathy. So whatever you believe about homeopathy, it's taking that plant and then like watering it, distilling it down, watering it down like a thousand times over. So you have like the essence of it. It's like taking like like a leaf and then diluting it a hundred times and being like, there's just the essence, like the memory of the leaf is like in the water. Yeah, it's like a spiritual
4: concept that like the vibration of the plant is in the water or alcohol or whatever it is that they put it with. Like it's like dipping a leaf in a glass of water and like that's your flower
2: essence. Or sometimes it's like wolf essence.
4: (laughs) Okay, I was it was leading up to that is when I knew that we had gone too far is when you bought your wolf essence. And I was like, reading the back and it said like, this is made by like shamans like thinking about wolves as they like... Through this water or
2: something, I was like Emily. I remember us fighting over this. You were like Emily, this is bullshit. You're like, just think about wolves yourself. I'm like, no, I want someone else (laughs) to think about wolves, and I will ingest that water. (laughs) I was like, we could start our own
4: business manufacturing. Like, if there was a literal definition of snake
2: oil, like this would be. There were like Northern Lights flower essences, where it's like, I'm just thinking about the Northern Lights. after yeah and you know what the fucked up thing is they worked for me (laughs) they worked for me too
4: that's that's the that's the real tea (laughs) we were basically we were Andrea like (laughs) like
2: there's no yeah we can't judge we certainly can't judge we've had our times with both Adderall and flower essences like in conjunction so we Andrea is us I know she's so ridiculous so absurd but like it's so painfully close to our existence and I think that's also why we're we've been so fascinated by um Alexis Haynes story because it's just yeah it's very it's very close to home it's yeah it's close enough
4: but but like minus the heroine so it oh there's so much hard shit that is like like at Andrea's own admission in the series she's like I raised my girls with no boundaries and like sometimes I kind of regret that like yeah, I bet. Like, Alexis has said that they swung between, like, having a mansion and being wealthy and then, like, struggling to put food on the table and living in, like, a friend's apartment at different times in her life. And and that's just the tip of the iceberg of the trauma we're going <laughs> to dive into in this episode. But, like, I feel like that aspect of it, like, is sort of what contributed to Alexis's obsession with, like, status and shopping and being close to famous people and becoming famous herself. Yeah. You know? And like when the show, right before the show came around, she said that they, like the family's flat broke and they're doing a daily manifestation prayer to attract a $10,000 a week entertainment industry job. And then the show comes along and it's their exact salary. $10,000 so,
2: a week. Yeah. yeah, exact salary. So they were like, we manifested this. Yeah. Um, Be careful what you wish for, because then the girls were already in the world of addiction at, at this point, but then it just it just like poured gasoline over the fire. Like they had said previously, you know, that, that it was like, okay, now they have basically almost infinite access to money to buy drugs. So their addictions just like spiraled out of control, which when you rewatch the show, you see it so clearly, like their pupils even throughout the show.
4: Yeah. You can see it in some scenes. Um, They mask it pretty well. Like they're like pretty energetic and out and about, like it kind of challenged my idea of what like a heroin addict would, be doing or look like.
2: Um, And also at the time, the opioid crisis wasn't really talked about the way it is now. It wasn't really raging the same way that it is today. And so we really did think of people that had those types of addictions as like the sort of stereotypes that we were fed on TV. And yeah, it, it did challenge that because now we know that this type of stuff is way more common than any of us had thought these people are out like many are just you know have jobs or functioning in society like you wouldn't know um so yeah yeah. and and
4: they're so so young and like seem even younger than they are like they're quite like immature and emotionally like dysregulated which makes for great reality tv but is you know like they've got a whole other side to their family that they kind of like obscure on the show like there's other half siblings around from divorces that are never shown there's like alexis at the time had no relationship with her biological father who she said had like abandoned her um uh, Andrea's married to a stepdad during the show but there had been a lot of other like stepdads before and like you know trigger warning alexis had disclosed that she was molested growing up and um tess had been given up by her biological parents because from what we see, they were both addicts and unable to care for her. So she had moved in with her mom's friend, Andrea, and her two daughters like six years before the show started. So Tess and Alexis are both like coping with extreme trauma from abuse and abandonment. And they are both daily heroin users by the time the show rolls around.
2: Yeah, it's very, very similar to the Kardashians, especially the early seasons where it really, they shot to fame, through the murder of chris's best friend at the time um this horrible tragedy and then their dad died and then you know they had this show but it's very like dun, 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 dun. you know it's like um mr yeah. rogers style in every show like every episode ends with a happy ending even when it's like dealing with really serious uh subject matter mm-hmm.
4: yeah totally it's it's i was gonna say it's pretty wild <laughs> and I it hate is myself, but pretty- I it's
2: it, pretty
4: wild yeah it delivers like, what the, it says it, it will it's the perfect title really um like when you watched it back who did you think was the star of the show because I think it's Tess like yeah I think it's like clearly she's the main character of this show um even though it's sort of framed around Alexis's trial and her like ups and downs with that like Tess just like somehow seems like more vulnerable or something or like more easy to root for or something
2: yeah she puts it out there more i guess or i don't know yeah and she, she,
4: she's a little bit more likable a little bit more like charismatic maybe like alexis was in a really rough rough spot
2: yeah and so to go back to like we're just still at the like the opening scene so they talk about their homeschool curriculum based on the law of attraction movie and flower essences and then they go right to a lingerie shoot of the two girls and And their mom is, like, snapping pics. And it's so, like, Chris, you know, like, Kim, you're doing amazing, sweetie. Like, she's like, yes, girls. And then they get this lingerie deal. Like, they sign with them for two years. And then they go out with some reject loser rocker guy who they say is a big star, a big rocker who's toured all over the world, Mickey Avalon. And, like, they show this guy. And he's, like, just some loser in a fedora. And, I like... It brought back like in the 2010s, like we really like honored men who wore fedoras. Like we really, we really celebrated them. <laughs> honored that. them. We, we did. did celebrate them. They were like sex symbols to us. Oh, totally. And this is like such
4: a sleazy Hollywood dinner. Like he's out there with two 18-year-old underage drinking girls and being like, which one of you is better on the stripper pole? I guess we gotta pitch you guys against each other to see who's gonna be the video, who's gonna be the rock bitch in the video yeah. and they're like oh my god pick me pick me like they wanted to be in videos so bad but they were I think they were only ever in one video a Marilyn Manson video called uh, like abracadabra fuckalicious or something
2: <laughs> oh my god forget. what a cursed project in every way I re-watched it as research for this
4: because I wanted to see if they were like featured if they like got like you know do we get to like catch a shot of them and the extent of their roles was like they were just backlit figures behind a like a curtain kind of thing, like just like hands coming out. And then at the end, there was just faceless naked girls and they put them in blackface at Alexis's own admission. Like they painted blackface on them and then put like these ears on them. And th- so they were completely nude except for this like head thing. And then they were just like beating a man. <laughs> so it's like yikes and they were like 17 I think when they filmed that video so uh oh my god it was very on brand for like what kind of scenes they were in like the worst of the worst
2: we were like we as a society loved the shock rock like what the fuck I'm so glad they weren't the like cast as let's say like Marilyn Manson's like love interest because you know any proximity to him like getting involved with Marilyn Manson on top of the trauma they already endured just would have sent it to a whole different level. So at least they were spared that in this crazy life. I know, but it's sad
4: because they, they attracted only like the worst kind of people into their circles. And yeah, Mickey Avalon's one of those. Like I actually do kind of know who he is. Like I had a few of his songs on my like iPod back in the day and they were all about uh, smoking heroin off tinfoil and like having sex with prostitutes and like they were like really like grimy, grimy, like kind of like rap, like rock influenced rap. Like it not the kind of people you want your teen daughters hanging out with, that's for sure.
2: No. Uh definitely not. So this is where yeah, we see Andrea's boundaryless parenting uh backfiring a little bit.
4: Yeah, like Alexis says that her mom drove her and tests to get fake IDs when they were 16, like downtown
2: oh yeah Um, she drove them to stripper pole classes which like i don't know whatever like just that paired with all the trauma that we now know that they were wrestling with and all the abuse they had endured like uh alexis later said it was such a mind warp yeah totally absolutely okay so we're in episode one um alexis gets arrested and the family is like freaking out uh they go, before going to the police station, this is the mom, before going to the police station, I knew we needed to center ourselves. So we needed to do a prayer circle. So they do their, like, hippie prayer circle. Um, And they're saying, and so it is. And then we cut to the mom on the phone be like, she waved her right to an attorney. She doesn't even know what that means. She's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> this show is pretty wild. And then, <laughs> like, so they get her out of there i guess they bail her out and on a fifty thousand dollar bond yeah 50 i guess i don't know if the show put that up or or who but they bailed her out she is bawling hysterically and going the positive energy that comes from good choices is a hundred times more powerful than a negative thought that's what they say in (laughs) the secret and then she gets her lingerie sponsorship canceled and then she's like my life is over and it's just yeah it is but not because of the lingerie sponsorship i mean then she had a (laughs) redemption arc so it's actually not over but anyhow so that is episode one now we're going to jump ahead to episode six um which is technically called Vanity Unfair, but most people know it as the Nancy Joe episode. So let's get into it. This is one of the most iconic
4: scenes in television history.
2: In history, across period. all genres.
4: <laughs> in, yes. In, in, this is a historical moment that we celebrate every year. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. The printing press being invented, you know, the Nancy Joe episode <laughs> of Pretty Wild. It's, it's up there. It's funny because in my notes, so. They're talking about how this article is going to come out. And she's so excited. And Tess goes, and there's no way that could turn out bad. And (laughs) in my notes, I wrote Shakespearean
4: level foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She like has like that, like a little bit of warning to us. And there's no way you think that could turn out bad, backfire on you. No one's thinking about that as a possibility. Nope. Okay. We're just supportive. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I think she was saying like, there's no way that could turn out bad. Like, I think she was like, yeah, like hyping her up. It was like a question, I think. Like she was like, I, I just want to like flag this. Is anyone thinking this might harm the case? Like that no, you might no, not- no nope. one's looking okay. out. <laughs> <laughs> they were like they heard Vanity Fair and they were like, I don't give a shit what my lawyer says. Like, I will be in Vanity
2: Fair. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure the mom was like, Oh, that'd be a great opportunity, like, not questioning it in any way. No, and the way they were like screaming to open the magazine. But anyway,
4: let's just um let's go back. We're getting to- ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I was going to start with like the interview itself, like her and Nancy Joe on the couch.
2: Um well, um okay. So before the interview, I just have to say that okay, so before I was saying that oh, it was so obvious that they were on drugs. It actually isn't obvious at all. They really did do a good job of covering it up, but it's like if you're looking specifically for someone who's on opiates, like especially, you know, since I first watched the show, I've done a lot of harm reduction stuff and you're told to look for certain signs like the pupils, like talking a certain way. And it's just, then it becomes really clear to me. So they're talking about what to wear for the Vanity Fair article. And she's trying on different mini skirts. And the mom's going like, I don't know. I think that skirt should be a little longer. And she's like, mom, this is the longest skirt I've worn in a long time. Um, And then she's like, this is really freaking hard. Like she's talking like like very slow and a little slurred. And I'm like, oh my God right into the wolves den mm-hmm. and then we cut to the interview which is on a day bed her and nancy joe yeah and it's like this is like shakespearean
4: level foreshadowing as well because alexis is just beaming and she says that her and nancy joe had a real connection and she really felt understood and it's like so sad when you know what's coming but um she shits the bed metaphorically right off the jump from the first question nancy joe simply asks what's it like to be you and she says, it's good, actually. <laughs> she says, I find myself to be a normal teenage girl, big into shoes and handbags. <laughs> Not her saying that when she's facing six years in jail for stealing shoes and handbags.
2: <laughs> From Orlando Bloom's house. <laughs> she then even lists. Nancy Joe's just eyes. You see her eyes go wide? Like, she's like, yes. Like, <laughs> this yeah, article's and- writing
4: itself. Absolutely. And like, okay, I read the article as well to remind myself what was in the article. None of this made the article. I think the article was actually quite fair to Alexis. But of course, it has to show the like tragic comedy of Alexis at this time, taking herself so seriously and having no self-awareness. But anyway, she's like, okay, great. So you and Tess seem to have the kind of life that teenagers dream about having. And she's like, yeah, it's fun, but like we don't take anything for granted. Like at the end of the day, we are so wholesome and down to earth. Of course, it's incredible to hang out with celebrities and go to clubs and sit in the VIP section. It's very, very fun, but there's been hard times too. Oh my God. Like, why are you talking about clubbing and shopping,
2: Alexis? She had no guidance. She had no guidance. I bet her mom could have been in the room with them at the time watching this conversation and no red flags would have gone off. Where was the interview prep? Like, nobody thought you're facing charges. You need to be prepped for
4: this interview as you would be prepped for taking the stand and have talking points that you stick to and have a narrative that you stick to. But she's like, I have nothing to hide. I'm just going to show me and what a beautiful person I
2: am. And everyone's going to love it. (laughs) I know. I know. Like, well, so yeah, Andrea, the way her mind worked at the time, I don't think this would have been a red flag to her at the time, but a lawyer should have been involved. Like a lawyer should have prepped with her. Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. So And been in the room with her at the time telling her be like, cut it, you know, like. Yes,
4: exactly. As a PR person would uh, for a celeb. But anyway, so then Nancy asks, well, how do you deal with the rough times and the, Alexis wells up and she says, I know who I am and I'm proud of who I am and it's taken me a long time to get here. <laughs> My main destiny in life is to be a leader. I'm ready to set a great example. And then later her sister was like, you know, she went on a long Uh, thing about wanting to follow gandhi and wanting to follow buddha and that was excluded from the article for some reason because they wanted to make her look bad i'm like you guys still don't fucking get it that would not have made her look better she is delusional (laughs) she's completely out of touch with
2: reality (laughs) yeah yeah she's wildin
4: yeah like she's comparing herself to gandhi like and and talking about how much she loves shopping, like it's just
2: funny. It's comedy. Like it's it's pure comedy. Well, I think yeah. And most eighteen-year-olds are pretty unaware of themselves in the yeah. world. I really think that's the most selfish age. Kind of like eighteen to twenty-one. It's when you're like, yeah, I'm an adult. I'm a I'm my own person now. But you have no idea how the world works yet. But you have full confidence. Like life hasn't cut you down quite yet. So it's just like flying high. Yeah like
4: she she definitely swings between like delusional self confidence and like clearly the low self esteem that like leads her to the like the choices that she makes and like the unsafe situations she exists in but like when she's like at her most delusional and like hyping herself up. Like it's so endearing. Like I I just I love it to see it so much. But like she's a star. She's just like, I'm an amazing fucking person so much that it brings me to tears thinking about myself and how good of a person I am. Like and it's like we've seen literally no evidence of that at this point. Like not to say you can't go on in your life to do great things, which she
2: has. Which she has, which we yeah, we'll talk about which that's the interesting thing is that she really did go on to lead an incredible life and be a leader and help a lot of people. But we will get to that later. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But she just doesn't have the humility in the moment to be like, I fucked
4: up and I have to just deal with the consequences.
2: No. Yeah. Don't talk about handbags. Um, Yeah. Then the interview ends and we get a little filler scene, a little palate cleanser before the big crescendo. So we can test talking to some other loser rocker named Max and I like I once again I was triggered he'd had a loose beanie and a pleather jacket and it's like again this is like parallel to the fedora men of like 2010 this was just this was fully this was fully celebrated it was really hard to watch her
4: fall in love with this guy and be like so like what are we and he's like let's not put a label on it babe like let's just keep having fun And she's like okay yeah Like, you know, and being like, should I open up to him about my mom? How my biological mom, like, is trying to reach out to me and get back in my life? Yeah, I should. Like, I trust him. It's like, no. And he's like, whoa. He's like, whoa, okay. Wow. (laughs) He was literally like, that must be tough. Your eyes look gorgeous in this light, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) They're all just... Like that meme of like you banging on the doors and like screaming at your younger self. No, no, (laughs) that's like how I felt watching her like date this guy. Like just wish I could just go back in time and just like grab her
2: arm and just like pull her away from him. Yeah, I was brought back to 2010 being talked to by a guy with a loose beanie who's in like a, wow,
4: I wish I could remember how the girls described his sound. It's kind of like an alt rock, but they call it electro indie pop.
2: (laughs) Oh God. Okay. We need to move on. Cause
4: I'm, I'm triggered. <laughs> okay. Um, so now I'm at Gabby brings in the magazine. The producers put in the mailbox. Yeah. Everyone's excited. Um, they can't wait oh they're thrilled alexis is painting her nails and then she's just like fuck it she's like give it to me give it to me and she keeps screaming oh my god i'm in vanity fair and then they see her picture and everyone's screaming and then they read the headline the suspect wore louboutins and they're like wait
2: (laughs) that's when it starts to dawn on all of them this actually might not have painted her in a positive light (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, they're like I'm catching a vibe from this right off the bat, and then we just watch them read it. Like they're they're trying to like take in what they're reading, and it hits Alexis in like waves, and she's like starts getting just I have to say hysterical. <laughs> like, oh yes. she is absolutely hysterical. Yes, yes, crying, screaming, like being like don't fucking touch me! Like everyone, stop touching me! Stop! Everyone, stop talking! And like you hear Gabby say something to someone across the house and Alexis
2: is like, Gabby, stop. Gabby, <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. Gabby is in the kitchen and she makes some light noise. Okay, they're in the living room. Gabby's in the in the kitchen, makes a little bit of noise. Meanwhile, Alexis, is there? Sobbing and trying to kick off a prayer circle, like <laughs> I know there is one power and presence. Gabby, stop talking! I am <laughs> praying. Please be quiet. Uh, and Gabby just, just- like shrugs and just like what the fuck? Like silently, like what? and <laughs> And Andrea's backing her up. She's like, Gabby, she's praying, Gabby. <laughs> okay, come on. We got to support her. She's okay. praying. <laughs> Gabby, Gabby's like getting a snack. Like she's the least of everyone's problems, but everyone's screaming at so, Gabby. They're trying to pray. And then she goes back to, I know my journey gets better and better every day. <laughs> and the mom replies to the prayer. So it is. You rock girl. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Andrew's also sobbing at this point. Oh, wait. They're all sobbing and praying except That's for Gabby. Frozen eyes wide like and she is just like a perfect like straight man for alexis in the scene like because all the like screen grabs have them both in the frame <laughs> it's just perfect <laughs> oh my god. She just don't keep her fucking mouth shut <laughs> something is happening <laughs> yeah yeah and then she says andrea says let's get nancy joe on the phone let's call her right now
2: yeah. And I mean, they slide
4: open that Motorola red and white slide phone that I had the exact same model of. It was so nice to see it again.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then what happens next has gone down in infamy. And it will live forever.
0: <laughs>
2: Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Nyers.
0: Come I'm going to let you know how to disappear. Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Nyers. I'm going to let you know how disappointed I am in your story.
2: She keeps getting cut off. And this is a time when, okay, I don't know if there's any Gen Zs listening to this podcast, but, like, if there was, like, any interference, like, you couldn't really, you were, people weren't really texting, you were leaving voicemails, you would have to re-record it if there was, like, noise in the background. <laughs> like, you couldn't just keep going.
4: You and lied.
0: Stop. You, you lied. Stop Stop it.
2: You lied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andrea's screaming. You lied. Everyone is hysterical, getting more and more hysterical.
0: <laughs> There's many things that I read in here that were false, like you saying that I wore six inch Louboutin heels to court with my tweed skirt when I wore four inch little brown BB shoes. Twenty nine dollars. Every time you f-ing yell, I have to re-record it. Nancy Joe.
4: This is Alexis Nyer's calling. I'm going through such a hard time in my life. I opened up to you so the world could potentially know what a great, amazing, talented, strong, healthy girl that I am. Not even girl, young woman. I am petrified, petrified <laughs> with this story. I am so disappointed, and I will clear this up. Have a nice life
2: what's funny what's like the whole irony of it is that this vanity fair story would have been a blip on the radar of the whole bling ring story but i think it's this voicemail and the way that it was recorded that really propelled it like and i think propelled the whole bling ring story further forward like i mean it's still in memes you know monthly like you see it pop up it's just it's iconic doesn't begin to describe this scene true um which Bless TikTok because we saw Alexis and her mom recreate this and lip sync to it, like I think last year or the year before. And they even wore the outfits that they wore. I was like, I was like, bless you
4: gals. Yeah. And Alexis is now selling beautiful merch with her like a painting of her cry. It it, it is like it should be in art history museums. Yeah, but the Renaissance painting. Um, no, as she sh- as she should. Everyone else is profiting off of this. So yeah, Yeah, as she, true. As she should. And um, so as soon as she finishes her like final recording. Andrea is absolutely in hysterics. And she's just like, that was beautiful, honey. You did such a good job expressing yourself. <laughs> it was really sweet, kind of. So then cut to next day. It's time to meet with our lawyer, Jeffrey, <laughs> to
2: discuss the fallout from the article and how best fix this. Was this before or after Gabby went to a dog groomers to do some job training? This was
4: that comes after the part that I remember like it's kind of intercut with Gabby getting her first job which we could have left all that
2: on the cutting room floor but (laughs) we could have left that out because yeah that whole show like it really does a good job the editors of putting these insane moments mixed in with these like fluffy little filler things. Like once again, it's very early Kardashians. Like, so Gabby's trying to get her first job training at a pet groomers. Like he's teaching her how to like bathe dogs. They have this big scene where he's talking about expressing their anal glands. And it's just like, it's quite the contrast. Um, I just have a brief story to tell about this because one time, <laughs> one time <laughs> when I was working at the weed store, we were reading job applications for like people who just like wanted to just work at the counter of the weed store and I didn't know what this was and they in their resume they listed off like job experience worked at a dog groomers and in the bullet points beneath it was like knowledge of how to express anal glands of (laughs) we we cried of laughter the whole story (laughs) (laughs) thank you for Giving this detail on your past job experience. <laughs> <laughs> and
4: that's what it was. Yes. I don't think that'll come up a lot here at the
2: weed store, but thanks no. for letting me know. <laughs> Good to know that that's one of your talents. Should we ever need it? <laughs> yeah. Should so-
4: anyone be feeling a little impacted? Yeah. Okay. So then we go. Yeah. So then we cut back to the lawyer. We're in Jeffrey's office. um Alexis says, I feel like no one is being true to me right now. The whole world thinks I'm this person, and that's completely not who I am. And I'm just trying to stay true to myself. And I want to talk to middle schoolers about my situation because it was my choice of friends that got me into this situation. And I just want to, you know, stop them from going
2: down that path. And um, it's sweet of her, I guess. But I wonder if this was her idea or production to do charity work in the midst of this, right? It's kind of like, uh like a PR 101 like kind of thing so yeah.
4: I don't know whose idea it was but she still denies right that like there was part of herself that was mutually attracted to those friends like she very well knew she was taking stolen shit and that there are risks to that and was like happy to do it and wear it and like she acknowledges that it's like a complex issue and that like she has compassion for others she's not a bad person But it's just like the narrative of like, I'm just an innocent, healthy young girl who wandered into the wrong place, wrong time is no one's buying it. Like, it's not accurate. So it's tough. But she she does. Yeah. Quick scene of Gabby expressing the dog's anal glands. Now we're back with Alexis in school with 13 year olds telling them like, and then the SWAT team came to my house and I was really scared.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Don't go <laughs> robbing Orlando Bloom's house. If you're thinking about it, don't do it. Like, it's no, really just...
4: scary to be arrested. Stay focused on your dreams and you can achieve anything. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> it is cute.
2: It is cute.
0: How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment.
2: Um and end scene and episode six. Uh wow. So that was a real real journey. Um, I wanna now fast forward to where are they now? Which much much to say. Yeah, there's
4: some really good news in that. Like both Tess and Alexis are sober now. They both have two daughters. Um, we had mentioned Alexis had a podcast and she also has a book called Recovering from Reality um Gosh. tess has not been in the spotlight since this show like she hasn't done anything else uh in this industry but she still has seventy thousand followers on instagram including me um i love to see her content she lives in wisconsin now she has you know beautiful kids and she just grows vegetables and seems to have a really like peaceful life um she's, she's made a crunchy mom her- blogger yeah um she made amends with her biological dad and alexis also made up with her dad after years of not speaking and alexis is also talking to her mom again after like they had turmoil too but like they're like working together and stuff because andrea is now a certified life coach <laughs> um I think so. Is is alexis. a child yeah well alexis is more like a sober coach like she actually has like more legit certifications i'd say but The only sad thing is that Tess and Alexis no longer speak and they seem to now hate each other, which is sad. Oh,
2: they do hate each other because Alexis has talked about it quite a bit and has kind of like told us everything while telling us nothing. Like we can talk about their vague booking about each other for sure. But like it it was something that really like wrecked
4: me for a while that they weren't talking because I like wanted them to like stay friends. But like I actually have gained a lot more understanding of it since just re-watching it yesterday because I'm like okay this was actually like a to the bone like a toxic dynamic like an unhealthy friendship dynamic where you brought out the worst in each other and sometimes you just have to walk away and it's
2: a shame that they've been talking shit about each other but um I mean I, I don't think te- Tess doesn't really say anything about anyone because she doesn't you know keep things well she p- does oh she does Yeah, like like I said, I follow her on Instagram. So I've seen like, there was like a huge blow
4: up after this recent bling ring thing that came out on Netflix, like within the last year. um, Where Tess was like furious once again that they had a huge dust up when Alexis's book came out because she implicated Tess in some crimes. And then um, again, with the bling ring documentary, Tess like was being like hounded by the media to make a comment. And she just like posted a bunch of stories being like, it's so sad and pathetic, like how Alexis and like Gabby and that family, like can't move on from this. And they keep dragging my name into it after I've like requested like so many times to be left out of it. And like, like she's just little Miss Blabbermouth. She needs attention so
2: badly. And like, this is the reason I don't talk to any of them. Like they're fucked, basically. And meanwhile, Alexis, both on Instagram and on her podcast, is saying things like tested something so horrible and so like horrendous and unforgivable that we will never have a relationship ever again and she keeps referring to she did something so it was a specific event never says what it is but we're like okay Okay." i know she said
4: disgusting something so disgusting happened recently and we will never have a relationship i'm like
2: disgusting god what yeah like saying we're not on good terms and i would like to keep it private is one thing saying she did something disgusting i'm like what I that word is very evocative, especially when it's like leading to a lifelong fallout with family members. So, kind of left us wondering, yeah but we'll, I guess, never know. Um, I know, but if anyone
4: knows, oh my god, please tell us. Like, if anyone has insider tea,
2: <laughs> I'm so glad that they're both sober and they've both moved on. They seem to, you know, they're living amazing lives, but they still have that messy, dr- dramatic flair, both of them that like made oh, them yeah. stars in the first place. Um, but yeah, no, they really both made something incredible out of their lives because... So this show was in 2010. By 2012, Alexis had gone to jail, got out of jail, went to rehab, and met her hot zaddy husband, now ex-husband, Evan Haynes. Um, they were married for ten, almost 10 years. They they nearly made it to 10 years. Um, and this was like when we were really closely following um, their lives. We were lusting after Evan Haynes, like big time. Oh yeah. Um, and and I just requested to like, I was like, please let me follow you on Instagram because oh, he's a private account, but he is fucking hot. He's hot. And like, he's very soft-spoken. He's, he was on her podcast a lot. Um, So there was this time where Alexis would have this other guest on area. Lori, who has, she has another dear media podcast also went to rehab. They both met their husbands in rehab. So area Lori met Chuck Lori, who he did the two and a half men Show or whatever. He's a billionaire. He's one of the richest. Yeah, he's one yeah. of the richest producers in richest Hollywood. Man. And during this time, like you and I were like, do we need to go down to like Beverly Hills Rehab and just like wait outside and like try to catch like you know one of the available guys because this seems to be a very successful place to meet people. <laughs> I
4: don't... Yeah, totally. Like, like catch them when they're on the down, and then you get to be that like ride or die who just like crests that wave like as they achieve millionaire status again, which. Evan also, like, was instrumental in this, like, line of rehab centers that him and Alexis
2: own. That is something absolutely incredible that they both did. Yeah, opening up these rehab centers, counseling, who knows how many people, so many people, basically from the start of their marriage, um, and they're still doing that work separately. And I I followed their marriage. I mean, I don't believe necessarily just because uh, you divorced, that it was an unsuccessful relationship. You know, if it was good for you at the time and you learn something, like it's not just, uh, a total failure, but I really did look at their marriage at the time and it seemed really incredible. They just, they would always talk about their deep love for each other. Um, and then they were like, well, we're opening up our relationship. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's good. Um, It was not good. They sort of had like a little triad for a while or kind of like Alexis had a girlfriend. um, I had a couple girlfriends and then it all imploded. And once again, in like Tess style, we got another statement saying, Evan did something so horrible and so unforgivable that I had to divorce him. And so once again, I'm like, all right, well... When you're saying those things, like, you kind of got to, like, keep it really vague or get real specific, because are we talking, like, did he relapse with drugs or, like, you know, it, did he, like... Yeah, yeah, because
4: it's, like, you would maybe think cheating and deceiving, but then you're, like, okay, it's an open marriage, like, so... What was it like? Was it like? Because my brain goes to like a horrible place. Of course, of like he's unsafe to be like around kids or like something, you know?
2: Exactly. Is he a violent criminal or worse? Or did he just have a relapse? Like what? Because it's like there was a horrible event that happened that he did that. That's what led to our end of our marriage. And it's kind of like the sort of thing where I'm not defending Evan. I'm just saying like if you're gonna bring people's names up publicly like that, like you either gotta say it or you gotta be like hey, we're getting divorced, like, please respect our privacy. And people will, like, no one, no one's going to, like, hound you for it. Totally. And people would understand you being, like,
4: really mad and, like, going through, like, feeling not happy about your your partner through all that. But, like, when you say, like, they did something, like, yeah, it's definitely, like, we want the details or we would want to stay out
2: of it. Rachel Hollis did a similar thing, like, the self-help guru. Um, and her and Dave Hollis got divorced. She said, Dave did something horrific and unforgivable and that's what led to our divorce and it's like yeah and then it it, for him it turned out to be a relapse in his alcoholism and it's like okay yeah like look men men don't have a great track record like it's a big statement to say like he did something unnamed anyway like close your phone end of discussion you know yeah yeah and
4: um now Alexis now has another boyfriend that she's in love with yeah it's like her podcast like I understand why she stopped doing it because her own like messy personal life became too much of a part of it I think and it got a little further away from just the interesting spiritual topics that that she used to cover
2: yeah I love the early episodes
4: Mm -hmm. me too
2: but you know It's if it's all about like your own journey and self help, and you're going through a challenging time. Yeah, it's it's not going to be the easiest thing to talk about it publicly. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, is is recovering from reality on a break, or is it just done? Yeah. Well, she said
4: she doesn't think she's ever going to come back to it.
2: Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Well.
4: Yeah, I had to check it out for this. I was like, what's going on with that? Because. Yeah, and then she there was a while where she was like uh, she was trying to get on the Real Housewives of OC. <laughs> like she definitely wants like back on reality TV. Like for the whole Bling Ring documentary on Netflix, like she did like a full press tour, full glam, like a Kardashian, like being like, "See you guys!" Like at the press, t- it's like this is a documentary about your crimes. Like this is a true crime
2: <laughs> Well, as we've seen from what's her freaking name, Anna Delvey, getting a reality right. show and talking to Harvard. Like apparently, that's a very lucrative business doing crimes. Right. Yeah, I
4: guess. I I guess that's true. Maybe she's just like kind of going to try for the Anna Delvey
2: route. Anna Delvey's thriving. She's doing better than any of us right now. Oh so. yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. <laughs> like, you know, doesn't look so bad. Um, no, I'm wishing all of them the best. I really am. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. They all like always had the desire to like be good people and give back and be kind and yeah we love them and i recommend uh if you're interested listening to some of the earlier episodes of recovering from reality because you have to hear from alexis like it is really incredible when she tells her story about being in prison going through heroin withdrawal in solitary confinement like it's it's wild it is yeah. pretty wild and she gives
4: a platform to some really cool guests like she has ashley marie preston who's one of my favorite um like activists on and um yeah she's it it, she's made some really quality content on there
2: yeah so love and light to all of them
4: yeah absolutely
2: and so it is so it is
4: (laughs) (laughs) all right guys love you guys see you next week
2: Bye. bye This podcast is produced by me, Emily Rose, hosted by the Sonar Network, and edited by Solomon Krauss-Emla. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave me a five-star review. See you next week. Au revoir, mes amours.